Hello and welcome back to the Speak Up Sports podcast. I hope you all have enjoyed season two so far because I have had so much fun talking with all of the guests and learning about their stories. On this week's episode, I am joined with Colorado Rockies reporter Jenny Kavnar. We will be talking about how she got into sports reporting, what it has been like being one of the only females in her field, and how she has juggled her craziest MLB season yet. I hope you all enjoy it, so let's head to it. Hello, welcome back to the Speak Up Sports podcast. This week, I am joined with the Colorado Rockies reporter, Jenny Kavnar. Thank you, Jenny, for joining me today. Yeah, you got it. Happy to be here. So did you play any sports growing up or did you have any favorite pro sports teams as a kid? Yeah, I did. I grew up playing just about everything. Um, I grew up in a neighborhood of all boys and my cousins were all boys and they were constantly, you know, playing basketball or football and all the things. So I definitely grew up around the neighborhood playing sports, but organized sports. Um, I played softball, basketball and lacrosse in high school. And I continued to play lacrosse in college. Um, lacrosse really wasn't like a big sport in Colorado growing up. So I didn't even like pick up a stick until my freshman year of high school. So it's interesting that that became the sport I played in college since I really had a glove in my hand, a softball glove in my hand, probably since I was a little kid. Um, my dad was a high school baseball coach. So I grew up the baseball field a lot and then, um, you know, played competitive softball and stuff. Um, all growing up so yeah Denver like growing up in Denver Colorado it's a huge sports town we have seven professional sports teams um, the Broncos obviously being most popular we're, we're all huge Bronco fans around here the Colorado Rockies didn't come into existence until 1993 and I was 11 years old then so um, it's it's kind of crazy that I grew up in baseball but didn't really have a professional baseball team um, to root for in my backyard until the Rockies came um, but yeah, we, we were diehards of everything, you know, the nuggets and then the avalanche also came when I was in high school. So, um, it, it was, it was great, great fun to follow all of those. I also followed, um, I'm a big Kentucky basketball fan. It sounds so random being from Colorado, but my grandma was the oldest of nine and she's the only one that left Kentucky. So we often would visit, um, you know, her home state and all her brothers and sisters and, you know, back then before the internet, really, when I was growing up and before, you know, you could buy anything you want on the internet, my aunts would send me like the programs for Kentucky basketball and they would mail me articles and they would mail me like a cool new shirt that came out so I could wear it represented. And um, so that was, that was really fun for me growing up to, to follow Kentucky basketball, but it wasn't as easily accessible to follow um, as it would be nowadays with, with the internet and things like that. Well, that's so cool that you're able to like grow, grow up in such a sports town area with so many different professional sports teams, even though the Rockies didn't come until you were 11, but then you could grow up getting to see a brand new baseball organization too. And then also the Kentucky Wildcats, as you talked about there too, but you know, growing up being around so many sports, did you always know that you wanted to get into sports reporting? Yeah, you know, I think when I was in high school, about the time you kind of start to think about what you want to do with your life, um, for some people, maybe it comes earlier, I really started looking at like the business of sports, like how could I make sports a career? 
And I was really into marketing and the business side of things. But um, it wasn't until probably like my junior year of high school, I was watching Monday Night Football and I saw Melissa Stark, who was the sideline reporter back then for Monday Night Football, come on to do a report. And it all kind of just clicked together. I was like, wow, that's someone that looks like me. She sounds like me. She's talking sports. That's so cool. Like, I'd never really looked at someone on television before and been like, oh, I want to get in the TV business. So that was really kind of the first time. And then from that moment on, I started to recognize it more in my you know, local world. We have a great female um, sports reporter in Colorado. Her name is Marcia Neville. And she really made her niche in high school sports. And uh, she became real popular, you know, going to your school. If you won the state championship, she'd hold a big rally and present you guys with a trophy or, you know, she'd beat all the big, big matchups of the week. So I often had seen her on television, but then I'd also seen her um, at my dad's baseball games. And I noticed that she was the first one that got to go on the field and she had a microphone in her hand and she would interview the winning coach. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, I want to do that for sure. So I kind of, you know, would pick her brain a little bit when she was around. I started following some, um, you know, local reporters. They would give me like a shadow day. So that was kind of really where it all began. Um, and once I got into college and started doing it, you know, at our campus television station and through internships, like I knew there was no turning back. Like this is exactly what I was made to do. I love that. And talking about just being able to see those women in the few areas out there, you know, doing what you looked up to wanting to possibly do. And you talked about working towards internships in college. And I know you attended Colorado State where you earned your bachelor's in business administration and communication studies. What would you say some of the things that you learned there in college have helped you and how you've still applied them to what you do today? Yeah, it's so fascinating because I really thought, you know, I mentioned I was a Kentucky fan. Like I thought I was going to go to the University of Kentucky and I ended up applying to a bunch of different schools. There was no way I was going to go in state. Like I was bound and determined to go out of state for college and have a new adventure. Um, and I think as a backup plan, I applied to Colorado State. And it really came down to like the last day. And I, I don't even remember why I chose it because it was so far off my radar. But um, I, I finally was like, well, I guess I'm, I guess I'm going to CSU. And it ended up just being the perfect fit for me. Like the campus had, you know, campus television. I was able to work at the local radio station and get on air and, you know, work on my craft. I was able to play club lacrosse. I was able to do double major. I still got to get a business major. Um, I was able to be involved with like so many activities and groups that I didn't even, you know, foresee. And I think if I would have gone, you know, CSU is a big campus, but I think if I would have gone to a big university out of state, I probably would have missed out on doing mm -hmm. a lot. And that's kind of how I grew up. I, I, you know, I mentioned I played three sports. I was also like the president of clubs. I just have always been very involved in a lot of things. Um, and uh, so I, I think college helped me prepare for like my life now, because being a reporter, you have to multitask, right? Like your job isn't, it isn't linear. Like you constantly have to be working on all your skills, like your interviewing mm -hmm. skills, your relational skills, your reporting skills. Um, you know, when, when I do a baseball game reporting, like I might, I might need to like gather some information about, you know, two or three things that day, but I always have to be looking ahead. Like, you know, the starting pitcher tomorrow, I'm not going to be able to talk to him. So I got to talk to him today. And you're just, 
have so many balls in the air. So I think college, like the, the rigors of what I chose to do, um, being involved in so many things prepared me for like life as a reporter and the chaos that comes with it. And also prepared me for being a mom. I mean, I, man, this job, the job in and of itself is crazy. And then you add in a family and your children and like always making sure someone's there to care for them and watch them and, you know, that you're there for them. And there's, there's like so many balls in the air all the time. Um, it makes you dizzy when you talk about it, but I think I've just kind of been, been built for that. So I appreciate college and the college experience for giving me a little bit of like background in that. Yeah, I love that you talked about like you were always working on so many different things and being involved with so many different activities and different groups to help like you learn and just be more, you know, aware of all these different things. And after you graduated from college and you double majored, what was your first reporting job? So my very first job out of school, um, it actually, I was still in school. This is kind of cool. I was, um, it was the first year that our club lacrosse championships were going to be televised. So the national championships, um, you know, we, we traveled for those. I think they were in St. Louis and um, through like a mentor lady that I knew that worked at ESPN magazine. Um, she randomly brought up to me. She's like, Oh, you're playing in that this weekend. My friend is producing them. And I was like, Whoa, world's colliding. So she introduced me to the producer and he was like, listen, if you want, like if your team like doesn't make it far, like, why don't you just be the sideline reporter for the championship game? Like I've seen your tape, you know, we'll just call it a tryout. So our team didn't advance to the finals and I did sidelines for the men's and the women's championship game. And I guess I did good enough because they flew me out to New York like a month later to interview for real. And I ended up getting that job. And it was a national like sideline reporter job for college football for wow. what's now CBS sports. And yeah, like pinch me, I'm 20, 22. And I was like, this is my dream job. I'm a national sideline reporter for college football right out of school, like, right. Patting myself on the back. I'm feeling good. And like, we do our first game and like, I don't have an audio pack the entire game. Like my audio went out and there was no audio person to find. And I was like running around in a panic. Like it was a bad nightmare. Second game. We like, it was a mess too. And um, a couple like random things happened. And then after that, like they, they were in way over their skis. It was a startup network. So they way over budgeted for their production and they had to cut like half of the crew including the sideline reporter. So within a month, I like landed my dream job and lost a job and got laid off and like had no idea what I was going to do. So that was a big learning experience for sure, right out of college. And um, I ended up landing, I went back to the table, like sent my tapes out again. I ended up landing a job in Flint, Michigan. So that was kind of my real true first job, you know, mid-market, small market job. And I stayed there for about a year. Um, an opportunity in LA came up for me to coach lacrosse at UCLA. So it was it was a hard move to leave TV, but I really wanted to be on the West Coast. And I thought that would get me a chance to get back there. I could do TV on the side. So that kind of led me that direction. And that, that was all kind of my first couple of years before I landed my first job at Major League Baseball, which was 2007 with the Padres. Wow. So that must have been a whirlwind of emotions for a yes. first a first job right after college. And uh, you went on to 
like you just said, started with the Padres in 2007, but now you are a reporter for the Colorado Rockies, as well as the TV host for the AT&T Sportsnet, Rocky Mountain. What was it like when you got the call to be a part of the AT&T group? Yeah, it was cool. Like, I mean, I, the fact that I landed a job in baseball, like I was totally meant to do television and baseball and I had no idea. Again, going back to like representation um, and me me initially being like, I want to be a sideline reporter for football. It's because like that was the first person I saw, you know, as a woman on TV doing sports. So um, I, I didn't know that like women could work in baseball. And um, I didn't realize my entire life had prepared me to work in baseball. So landing the job in San Diego in 2007 was really kind of a, a fluke that I'm so glad happened. It really changed the course and direction of my life in a lot of different ways. But um, those five years was really cool because I got to grow at like a, at a regional network level and learn the ins and outs of like how to do a show every day and, you know, prepare for pre and post game and um, you know, be in the baseball world, but we didn't travel with that job. So um, I really was in San Diego and I would meet different, um, you know, production crews for other teams as they came in and out of town. And especially in the NL West, you know, you're constantly playing the teams in your division. So mm -hmm. the Rockies, the Giants, the Diamondbacks, I really got to know, you know, those crews, the Dodgers and Colorado, especially like I made a great connection with their production crew because I'm from there. And a lot of them, once they heard my last name, they knew who my dad was with the baseball connection. So just kind of formed a relationship with them over the years. And after year five with the Padres, we all got laid off. Like our regional network dissolved. They were bringing in Fox sports. I didn't know it was going to happen with my future there. And at the same time, um, Alana Rizzo, who was the reporter for the Rockies at the time, was leaving to go to MLB Network. So really, she called me like we, you know, we are great friends. We have a good relationship. She called me and was like, um, if you want this job, it's open. <laughs> and having had established that relationship with the executive producer here, the producer, a lot of the on-air talent, like it was an easy email phone call for me to make that was like, I'm very interested in that job. And I'll never forget like where I was in San Diego when the executive producer at the time, Ken Miller called me back and like, I could just tell he had a smile on his face. I had a huge smile on my face. Like it was going to be awesome. Like he was excited to give me the chance to come home. And I was excited to, you know, be able to cover my hometown team. Um, and just like the job in, when I took it was to be the sideline reporter and I traveled, I did every single game road and home. So that was a huge wow. adjustment right there because I mean, six months of traveling and, you know, it's, it's, it's a crazy, you know, it's a crazy life, but it was also very exciting. And that was kind of my first year and a half, two years of the job. And then I moved into the hosting role full time and I've been there since, and I've been able to change it and grow it. And, um, you know, I, I obviously entered the play-by-play -play world as a backup play-by-play -play person in 2018. And that's been a huge challenge and, and a huge place of growth for me as well. Um, but I just, I, I'm so lucky to be home. I'm so lucky to have my job and just the team that we have our on-air team and our production team behind the scenes. Um, I, I couldn't have landed in a better spot. We truly have like a TV family atmosphere. And I feel like a lot of those people have, uh, have really changed and, uh, grown, grown my, my career life, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, I think it's so great that you just talked about like your whole journey over the past, you know, 
a few that like over a decade just in baseball alone that you had to transition from different sports teams now that you're looking back on it you're you're glad for the opportunity and you were able to come full circle getting to report for the Rockies after you you grew up in Colorado and they came to Denver you know the Rockies in only when you were 11 so now you're able to have been covering them for multiple years now and obviously 2021 was a crazy season for you for the MLB season with covering the all-star game that was in Colorado and then you're having your second kid and then also covering the Hall of Fame induction ceremony in Cooperstown for the Colorado Rockies first ever inductee Larry Walker how did you juggle everything yeah I mean it's a great question right it's always funny when you're in it like you're just trying to get through and like get to the next thing and sometimes um, you don't often enjoy it as much as you should. So the season end is always really fun to look back and be like, oh my gosh, like we did all of that in the last six months. That's crazy. So you're right. Like I think back, um, I think back to spring training. Like I was very pregnant. I was probably like, it was my last travel week. I think I was 36 weeks pregnant and I called the game and I remember taking a picture with like, and we knew we were having a girl. So I remember taking a picture in the booth and being like, gosh, I hope she enjoys this one day. Like she was in my belly and like her mom is one of the few females that's calling major league baseball. And like, it was just this really cool, like, I don't know, proud moment that I had. And then we start the season and the Dodgers came to Colorado and everyone's in masks and like not the crowd wasn't there yet. They weren't at full capacity. So it was like neat because there was fans back in the stands, but it was like one third of what there Mm -hmm. normally is an opening day. And, you know, like I get through the weekend and I was like, I'm going to have a baby in like four days. So like, I guess I'm done for a while. So then all of a sudden I was like on maternity leave. You're right. We have our baby, you know, I'm enjoying her for like April and May. And then all of a sudden they called me and they're like, can you come off maternity leave to call a couple games? Like we're in a bind. So I was like, oh my gosh. So I don't know if I'm ready to go back to work, but I go to the studio and they were games that were on the road. So like that was a unique challenge to, you know, call my first baseball games off monitors in the studio while the team was traveling. And then um, when I came back, the day I came off maternity leave was the Rockies opening day 2.0. It was the day they let hundred percent capacity back. So like that in and of itself was this really neat experience, um, to feel the, the hometown crowd back after 18 months of the pandemic and all those things. And then, um, you know, not having the all-star game on the radar at all entering the season. And then the surprise, like Denver's hosting and, mm-hmm. um, I do some backup work for MLB network radio. So they called to see if I could work some things. And then MLB called to see if I could MC the celebrity softball game. So it was like all these fun new challenges and getting to work with a ton of different people. And it was all in our backyard. And like, I was so proud of Denver and um, the way that everything got pulled together and how awesome the city looked. And so that was just like this really cool, busy week of like work and fun, but also trying to enjoy it as a fan. Like I got to take my son to home run derby, which was a cool experience. And then, um, yeah, we move into the season and the Rockies just like weren't good. And there was like, you know, what are we doing? And then all of a sudden after all-star break, like they started playing some decent baseball. It wasn't going to catch them up. Like they were going to be out of the playoffs, but they were at least like playing fun baseball. And then knowing we were going to go to Cooperstown for Larry Walker's induction was just like the highlight of the whole year. I think, you know, you mentioned 
like getting the team when I was 11, one of my favorite players, of course, was Larry Walker growing up. And so I feel like when you cover a team like you do on a regional level, like you really have to have an in-depth knowledge of the history. So for me, it's fun because it's not just like I studied the history like I did with the Padres when I worked mm-hmm. there. It's like I lived some of the history of this team as a fan. Um, so to get to bring that emotion and like get to bring that with me to Cooperstown because of the pandemic here and how weird it was, like they moved the ceremony in Cooperstown, you know, a couple of different times as you right. know. And um, for, for a lot of fans, like they just weren't able to make it. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure like a ton of Colorado Rockies fans would have been there anyways, but I felt like as a reporter and as a fan, I got to represent everyone that like really wanted to be there. So my storytelling that week was a lot of like, how would fans want to experience this? Like we have to bring that all back to them. So that was just super meaningful in so many ways. And um, Jeff Houston, my co-host that was with me that week, he played baseball with Larry in the minor league. So he had an experience of like being one of Larry's teammates. And so I just thought like that dynamic was so fun to get a cover someone going in that way. Um, and Cooperstown's pretty magical too. So as you again, know, um, so to get to do that and kind of and end our season that way was super special. So yeah, it was, it was a crazy busy six months and I didn't even work for 12 weeks of it. Can you believe it? <laughs> hey, I, I looking at that, <laughs> that recap there you had your hands full the whole entire time man I mean I couldn't imagine just getting like a call like later like right after you had your baby recently asking to call game and then also like just randomly knowing that you guys are hosting the all-star game which is the biggest you know celebrity thing throughout the whole season you know but then you were able to be a part of all that which must have been fun and special but going back to Larry Walker you talked about obviously since you were a Rockies fan growing up once they came to Colorado you saw him play and you were at games and you probably cheered him on there so what was it like for you can you take me back to when you first met him and over the course of the time right around Cooperstown when you were talking with him and interviewing him even in Cooperstown what was that like for you what were those moments like surreal and what 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 sort of happened yeah you know I think it's super cool because um you don't realize that like players like still keep up with the Rockies and watch Rockies games so like you know I I had no idea that Larry Walker would even know who I was like why would he right so we were in, um, it was probably like, I want to say 2018 or 2019. It was one of his you know, final years on the ballot and we were in Miami and, you know, he makes his home in Florida and the team is playing in Miami. And, um, if you've watched any Marlins games, you know, it's not mm-hmm. that hard to find people in the crowd. because right. <laughs> So in a bald guy with like a goatee looking thing, sitting behind home plate, it's probably Larry Walker. So, um, again, he has a great relationship with our TV guys, with the guy that calls the game and with uh, Jeff, who is his former teammate. So they actually were texting with him and they, they, you know, get down to me and they're like, Jenny, go find Larry, like interview him during, during the game. So I'm walking over and I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, what if he, you know, he's probably gonna say no, like he has no idea who I am. And so I went up and I was like, hi, Larry, I'm Jenny Kavner. I work for the Rockies. He's like, yeah, I know who you are. Like I watch you guys. And I was like, oh my right like inside like that and um you know I I think you probably understood some of his humor during his hall of fame speech like he's so quick-witted and to the point Mm -hmm. and like you know Canadian and like there's all these things he's he's wonderful and 
from like that minute on, I got to interview him um, on TV and he was great. And, you know, we've, they've done a couple things with us. And um, just like earlier this year, I was calling a game at Coors Field with Jeff and Larry was texting him somehow. And Jeff just showed me his phone and it was from Larry and he was watching us. And Larry said, I think it's Jenny's birthday today. Wish her happy birthday. And I was like, oh my gosh. Right. Like still, it's like, it goes back to like, 12 year old 13 year old you of like sitting in the stands being like that guy's my favorite player he's awesome to like now you know you're a professional and you're a reporter but you're like ah favorite awesome. talking to 13 year old girl so yeah that was cool and then just to get those like moments with him in Cooperstown we got to um spend like 15 minutes with him in the house that he was staying at and, and do an interview. And he, you know, the second he walks in the backyard, he gave everyone big bear hugs and we all congratulated him. And um, he always greets me with like the Forrest Gump accent of like Jedi. And uh, it's, it's funny. Like he's just a funny guy. He's really cool. And um, I, 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 you know, I'm just in awe. Like the fact that um, he's really in the hall of fame and, you know, he gets to represent the Rockies and the fact that we got to be there, um, was really special. Definitely a highlight of my career for sure. That's amazing. Yes. I can definitely agree with you regarding the hall of fame being there for the first time for the ceremony. It's just incredible, but hopefully we'll see continue more future Rocky hall of famers in the future. Yeah. But so what was it like for you just being able to transition from covering, you know, different teams throughout your career, but then going from, you know, being a reporter to being a TV host, what are some of the things you would tell like the next generation of girls to like know about what it's like being in the sports industry where there still aren't that many females? Yeah. You know, I think it's, I think it's advice for males and for females. Like I, I hope there's more jobs. I hope we as females are more represented so that you, the next generation can watch TV and you don't just have to feel like you want to be a sideline reporter. You can feel like you want to be a host or you want to be a play-by-play or, you know, there's a variety of jobs you can do. I also hope, and this is my point about, you know, for, for men and for women, there are so many jobs in sports television that have nothing to do with what you see. I mean, you might see two or three faces call a game, Mm -hmm. but like on any given night that we do a Rockies game, there's probably like 40 to 60 people that are working on that show, you know, between the the truck and the crew. And I'm very proud that in Denver, we have, um, we have two producers that do Rockies games, but one is a female and she does half of the Rockies games um, throughout the course of the year. And our primary director is a female. And so I think we're very rare in that, you know, regards across the industry of, of having, um, a female producer and a female director. Um, I hope that that continues to grow because I know that they've felt isolated in their career growing up, walking into a TV truck, people always assuming, um, that they're the stage manager or the graphics operator and not assuming that they're the person in charge of the show. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that those things are growing and continuing, but just, you know, the, the variety of jobs that there really are um, in, in our business is, is pretty awesome. Um, I, I think the other things is like, if you have a passion and you feel purposeful about what you do, um, I know it's easy to say on paper that like your gender shouldn't matter, but it shouldn't. And I think that people are starting to realize that. I think people are starting to understand that um, just, you know, if you're a male or a female, if you've played a sport or not played a sport, like you can still 
have an intense amount of knowledge and passion about a game, right? Um, I, I think in sports, that's important, like having, having a knowledge about your subject, having a passion for what you do. But then there's also like a talent aspect to what we do, right? Being able to hold a conversation with someone, being able to have relationships with people, like a lot of the things that you might not necessarily see on camera um, become very important in our job. So that's my message to everyone is that um, there's a lot more that meets the eye to our business. And I hope that like people are able to dig into that and, um, and to see all of those opportunities. Yeah, those are all really amazing points you made there. And like, it's so great that the Rockies can be a, a group that are trailblazing to have females in all different, you know, roles for the yes. television industry that you guys are continuing to, you know, increase with the producers and all of the above. And you talking about how important like representation is and it's not mattering whether it's male or female and just hoping to continue to grow the industry to have more females in those roles that before they haven't really had, but, you know, definitely, you're definitely helping to trailblaze with that, you know, doing everything (laughs) you're doing. So, so something I always do for my podcast with my guests is something I call my favorite five questions. So yes, I'm excited to see what these are, are for you. So first off, what has been your favorite memory as a reporter so far and why? I think my favorite memory um, was 2018 following the Rockies to the postseason. So they had um, an amazing year and ended up finishing tied in the NL West with the Dodgers who had won like the division for a lot of years before that. Up until this year, they had won eight straight division titles. So whatever it was back in 2018. Um, And the Rockies had to go play game 163 in Los Angeles. And then, you know, whatever happened there, if they won or if they lost, would determine their fate, like where they were going after that. So I had to um, basically pack for like every possible scenario in the postseason. And it was just kind of like a whirlwind of trying to think through everything like, you know, whether, um, if we're going to be playing outdoors or indoors, if, um, you know, what city we're going to be in, we might be gone for two days. We might be gone for eight days. Like just, you know, the unknown of all that was the anticipation, the excitement. So they end up losing that game. They have to go play the wild card game in Chicago and, you know, the Cubs at home, like that was going to be crazy. Um, and the game was just epic. It went into extra innings and the Rockies ended up winning. And like the two heroes of the game were not household names, even to Rockies fans at the time. Um, and to get to go in the clubhouse and do like a postseason celebration, that was the first time that had happened in my career. So um, I just will really hold that memory close. It was, it was just such a, such an amazing game, amazing atmosphere, playoffs, like all the things that came with it. Um, so I think that was probably my most favorite memory. And then of course, I also have to say like calling my first major league baseball game, which was a whirlwind in and of itself. You know, I found out the night before that I was going to be calling the game. Um, I was six months postpartum. So I just had a baby six months ago. I was still nursing. I was like, how is this actually going to work? Like just, just all the things like complete eye of the storm that came upon me for that game and also just having to like let go and know and rely on the the fact that I've been covering baseball for a long time and 
let my personality shine and there's only so much I could do. So, you know, make this a starting point, not an ending point, kind of all those things. But um, I didn't really realize the attention that that game was going to get um, based on the historic context of, you know, a woman calling a major league baseball game. So that was um, the whirlwind of that and the national media attention and the local media and like everyone that showed up to cover the game because I was calling the game, like all of those feelings. Um, I, I think it's just a moment in time that I'll never forget. Those sound like two incredible moments. I mean, getting to cover a 163 game, which those are rare, and then getting to cover such an amazing wild card. And then when you were making history, calling your first game, I bet those are so special. But, you know, going back a little bit, what was your favorite school subject and why? Ooh, um, I'll tell you what it wasn't. It was not math. My dad was my math teacher and like, barely passed me he like asked me to drop to a different math class because I wasn't gonna pass his <laughs> class how embarrassing is that um so I was not good at math I'm still not to this day it's like a running joke with with my co-hosts they're always like oh it's math like let us do it Jenny you know don't try so hard um so probably wasn't math I think gosh I don't know I think I really enjoyed like I mean basically what I ended up majoring in when I was in high school um, our elective classes, like this marketing class. And I really enjoyed business and learning about the aspects of business, different aspects of business. And then in college, I think just communication, you know, like every class we had about like, you know, rhetoric, relationships, interpersonal, like all those things. I, I just was kind of a nerd about, um, communication and, and all that. So I guess college that, that would have been my favorite classes. Sounds fun. So also, uh, if you could go back in time, what would you tell the younger version of yourself? It's a great one. Um, I guess I would go back and tell my younger self to always keep my passion center focus. Like don't let the noise crowd you because it's so easy to, it's so easy to get going on your passion and have someone tell you no and then be like ah maybe I shouldn't do it or if somebody tell you like you're you're not good enough or you're not pretty enough or you don't sound good enough or you know then Twitter starts chiming in like all these external voices I think there were moments early in my career I listened too much to all of them and I would just tell myself like be true to yourself know what that passion is and have trusted people that can tell you the hard things that you believe and don't listen to people you don't know. Well, that's some great stuff right there. You know, trusting your heart and staying true to yourself. And so if you could plan your ideal day and, you know, you didn't have to do any work, you didn't have to, you know, do too much. You could do whatever you wanted. How do you think you would spend it? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I would go out to brunch. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, probably before that, I would try and get a, a hike in in Colorado, somewhere in the foothills, and then go to brunch. And then I'd probably get on a plane so I could get to the beach and enjoy the afternoon at the beach and um, sunset at the beach. And then finish off with a good dinner. I guess I'm like a foodie nature person in that regard. Hey, that sounds like really fun. Just like starting in the mountains and then going to the beach and then just like, you know, doing whatever you want to just have fun. Yeah. 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 
So last but not least, uh, if people could describe you in one word, what do you think it would be and why? Let's see. I hope that people would describe me as genuine. You know, I hope that what you see on TV is exactly what you get in person as well. I try and be as authentic as I can be. I try and utilize my experiences, my emotions, and put them in the same shoes as a fan would, you know, going back to what I was telling you about growing up with watching the Rockies and now getting to cover the Rockies. Like I definitely want to be a good reporter. I want to be, um, you know, somebody who can critically look at a baseball game and dissect it. But I also hope like I'm doing it from a point of view of, you know, how I grew up and how I would want to, you know, hear about a game and stuff like that. So, so um, I just hope my personality, like everything that people get is what they also would get if we met in person. Yeah, that's a great quality to have. Well, thank you again for joining me on the podcast today. It was so fun getting to learn about your journey into reporting so far and then becoming a play-by-play and then learning about everything that you did with this season so far. So I'm excited to continue to be in touch in the future. Sounds great, Anna. Thanks for having me. What a treat. Thank you.